In the mid-90s, Rick Warren released a book called A Purpose Driven Church, based on the principles and techniques that he had used to build Saddleback in the Pacific Northwest. This book became a template for how churches can go from small-time church to megachurch status. It's also probably the reason why you think leaving your church creative job means you're giving up your calling. Leaving church work isn't easy. You lose a bit of community, a sense of purpose, and you have to spend your time convincing others that your work inside the church was more than just clip art, flaming doves, and cheesy content about Jesus. On this show, we explore life after church work. My name is Nick Gunner, and this is the X Church Creatives Podcast. In the book, A Purpose Driven Church, Rick Warren talks about the pathway to being a healthy, growing church is to adopt a seeker-sensitive church model. In that model, churches should become warmer through fellowship, deeper through discipleship, stronger through worship, broader through ministry, and larger through evangelism. The seeker-sensitive model has become the foundation for all of the church planting organizations, the church growth experts, and every single piece of content written about church growth in the past 25 years. This model moved church outside of its four walls and took us from using insider language and Christianese to be clear with our sermons. It told us to do things like include a map and address on all of your promotions and plan your service with your target audience in mind. Rick Warren took the best creative and marketing practices of his time and rolled them into a book for churches. If it were up to me, every church creative marketing and communications team would have a black and white biggie style poster of Rick Warren hanging in their offices with a crown and a caption that says, father of the CRTV teams. In a lot of ways, he showed pastors and church leaders that communications, marketing, and creativity really matter to communicating the gospel. And to prep for this podcast, I went back and I read the book because even though I'd heard it alluded to a thousand times, it has been a while since I actually read the whole thing. What caught my attention was the fact that you can see how certain principles from the book have survived in our modern church spaces and how certain principles have morphed into something completely different. I'll give you an example. In the chapter on designing a seeker-sensitive service, Rick talks about making it easier to attend church by having multiple services and removing any barriers or excuses that the unchurched might have for not attending church. We are still doing that today by live streaming our church services, creating podcasts, and building multiple church campuses in our cities. But one of the things that has completely morphed can be found in chapter 19 titled, Turning Members Into Ministers. To resign from a ministry in some churches, You've either got to die, leave the church, or be willing to live with intense guilt. We need to allow people to take sabbaticals or change ministries without feeling guilty. We never handcuff people to a ministry. A decision to serve in a particular ministry is not written in stone. If someone doesn't enjoy or fit a particular ministry, they're encouraged to change to another one without any shame or embarrassment. I don't know about y'all, but... I have felt those things. I have felt shamed and embarrassed for leaving my church jobs, and I have certainly felt handcuffed to the ministry. So how did we get here? How did we go from being told not to be shamed and embarrassed for moving out of church work to feeling like stepping out means losing our calling? For starters, we've played a lot of telephone with the purpose-driven church, 
as we've passed the message from one person to another person, the message over time has become diluted whenever you compare it to the original content. Like I said before, the Purpose Driven Church has spawned a generation of church growth content and an entire church growth industry. There's a ton of companies, coaches, and content creators who make good money helping churches grow their organization. We are obsessed with church growth. Even I've helped consult in marketing for companies who advertise solely to churches. And the one thing that I know about marketing to churches is if you have a piece of technology or you have a service or you have something that will help a church leader grow their church, you are almost a surefire success. That obsession has led to another need. As we've grown our churches, we've needed a way to support that growth. Luckily, there's a book that exists for getting people to commit to your church and serve. Please welcome back The Purpose Driven Church. Once again, it gives us a well-timed strategy for building people up to support the work of your church. All you have to do is turn seekers into members, develop members into mature members, and turn those mature members into ministers. And keep in mind, the church is changing to a seeker-sensitive model. That means we don't just need someone to shake hands at the door in the morning. We need highly skilled, creative production and marketing talent, preferably ones who will volunteer or be willing to work for less than industry standard rates. How do you do that? Naturally, you elevate the significance of serving in the church. Suddenly, serving in the church becomes the main thing that you should build your life around. And the highest tier of Christianity becomes a church staff position. If you're going to love God, if you're going to serve God, you're going to need to work for the church. You start saying things like Sunday is our Super Bowl and we get to do this. You put an unhealthy amount of priority on giving your all to volunteering and working for a church service. And on the surface, that's not a bad concept. It's good to serve people. But what I've seen it become is sacrifice sustainability, sacrifice desires, sacrifice dreams to commit to the church because that work is so big, so meaningful, and so purpose-driven that it is the only work in which you could serve God doing. And that's a far cry from we never handcuff people to a ministry. Now, it's at this point, some of you might say, Nick, you are way off base. That is not how the church works. But after spending my time for the past nine years working with creatives at Creative Church and hearing creative after creative relay how this model makes them feel, it does not seem like a stretch to me. In fact, if you don't believe me, let me read you one of the many DMs I got from someone just a few weeks ago after I announced that we're starting X Church Creatives Club. When I left my church job, the pastor went as far as to sit me and my spouse down and tell us that we are no longer welcome at this church and that quitting my job means I'm quitting God. When you start judging the most loyal Christians by their employment status at the church and start hyping church work as the thing to do to serve God, you set yourself up for people believing that stepping away from that employment status means that they're losing calling and they're losing purpose, which is what a lot of you who have left church work are feeling. The modern culture of a lot of our churches, not all, but enough, has created a false dichotomy between secular work and church work. Secular work being bad, gross, and unholy, and church work being good, life-giving, and sacred. That dichotomy is put there for a reason. It's put there to make working long hours, working for less pay, and working in a very mentally draining job a little more palatable. It makes church work seem more powerful, more meaningful, and more holy. 
I very much bought into this belief for the majority of my church career that I was doing something bigger because I was working for the church. Why? Because churches know that they can't pay people what they're worth, so they make the work seem like you should be paying for the opportunity and chance to do it. A lot of us leaving the church still want to be used by God. We want our work to have meaning and to make a difference, but we've built such a hype culture around church work that it can feel like leaving means giving up our true potential and ability to serve God. What this church growth culture and this church work hype culture has done is it's created a space that has made it very easy for us to attach our calling to our profession, making those two things absolutely inseparable. And if we're gonna leave church work without any guilt, shame, or embarrassment, we're gonna have to reframe a couple of things. The first is how God uses our work. Several years ago, I heard a pastor and he was talking about the text in Matthew 27, 25. Uh, for those who are not up on Matthew 27, 25, it's the story about the crucifixion of Jesus. In this story, the mob is demanding that they crucify Jesus. And Pilate, being the judge, he doesn't want to do that. So he literally goes and he washes his hands. It's at this point the mob cries out and says, let his blood be on us and our children. They wanted Jesus's death so bad that they were willing to take responsibility for that death. And their demand for crucifixion actually becomes a beautiful prophecy because as we know, it's through the cleansing of Christ's blood that they are made whole with God. So when they say his blood be on us and our children, that actually becomes a truth. God took something that was evil, resentful, and hateful, and he turned it into something good. God took the ominous and turned it into something righteous. This tells me that no matter what the intention, God can still use your work. Secular work can be used by God. Church work can be used by God. Good work can be used by God. Crappy work can be used by God. In the kingdom, there is no limit to what God can use to minister to his people. Every creative work has the opportunity to speak life, even if it comes from a place of death. And I want to say that one more time, just so you get it. Every creative work has the opportunity to speak life, even if it comes from a place of death. God has the ability to use your work inside the church, and he has the ability to use your work outside of the church. The second thing that we have to reframe is the significance of our calling. A lot of us have intertwined calling and job to the point where they are welded together. And I actually think that that makes your calling way too small. Now, you can certainly have jobs that allow you to exercise your calling more than other jobs, but your job should never be the only expression of your calling. That's right, expression of your calling. Your job is only an expression of your calling. It is not your calling. Your job does not equal a calling. Your calling is bigger than your job. And your call doesn't stop existing because you stop working for a church. We have blurred the lines between purpose and profession to the point where people cannot separate the two. And the reason why I say this is so many that I have seen have been called to a job, they've been called to a place, only to have their boss or their pastor fire them because 
budgets get too tight or they're not a right culture fit, does that mean that your calling is now gone because you weren't a right culture fit? Absolutely not. The Bible says that the gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. They can't be taken away. However, jobs, those can be very easily taken away. So if your calling is not a job, what is your calling? Your calling embodies your passion, your values, and your desire to make a meaningful contribution to something bigger than yourself. Every job that you have in this life, you take your calling with you. For example, my calling is to advocate for others through my strength and confidence that I've learned to curate for myself. That stays the same whether I'm working for Olive Garden or I'm running my own business or I am talking to you on this podcast. I might be Nick Goodner, the creator of Creative Church, but ultimately I am Nick Goodner, the advocate. I might be Nick Goodner, the busser at Olive Garden, but ultimately I am Nick Goodner, the advocate. I might be Nick Goodner, the club president of ex-church creatives, but ultimately I am Nick Goodner, the advocate. My calling transcends my job. The call that you have on your life is forever. And whenever you attach your calling to a profession, you limit the one who has made the call. I don't know everything about God, but I do know this. He does not like to be limited. Now you might say, Nick, Matt, I really think that I'm called to be a graphic designer at such and such church. What what do I do to realize my bigger potential, my bigger calling? That starts with prayer, meditation, and introspection. The prayer and meditation, you're going to have to do that on your own. And you're going to want to be listening for that still small voice, that overwhelming feeling that swells up from the middle parts of you. But for the introspection, I do have a bit of a toolkit that has helped me and others like me really dig into the depth of what we're actually called to do beyond a profession and beyond a job. And it's these five questions. Question number one, what injustice fills you with righteous indignation? So much that you feel compelled to correct or say something about it. Question two, what qualities do people need to develop to make a perfect society? Question number three, if you could give your younger self one piece of advice, what would it be and why. Question number four, if I told you you could only speak to one demographic type for the rest of your life, creative professionals, for example, who do you think would gain the most from your personal story? And question number five, when people walk away from you, what is the one thing you want them to remember about you? These five questions are questions that I've used over and over in my life for myself and for the people around me. Because while I don't think callings change, I do think that as you get older and as you become more refined with age, you start to see a bigger picture of your calling that you didn't see when you were younger. So this introspective technique actually works beyond just that first realization of, hey, this is what I'm supposed to do outside my job. It works beyond that into later parts in your life. So to wrap up today's podcast, if you're on this journey navigating life after church work, I want you to know that the work you're doing, it's still good. It's still meaningful. It's still purposeful. And a lot of that pressure, shame, guilt, embarrassment that you might be feeling leaving church work is actually a mechanism of our current church culture built to keep you committed to church work and it's not really coming from a spiritual place like rick warren the father of the crtv team says you should never feel handcuffed to a ministry i also think it is very important that you remind yourself that the work you're doing is still good work and if you're someone who 
wants to know that God is using your work, trust in the fact that God can use your work no matter what the context to bring healing, revelation, and ministry to his people. Finally, before we go, it's very important for me to add this caveat and this disclaimer, because if you're working for a church, I do not want you to hear this podcast and think, my church work doesn't matter, or Nick hates church work. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I run Creative Church. Part of my job every single week is helping creatives find healthy jobs within the ministry. So I am not someone who is dogging on church work. I just want you to realize that there's a mechanism in place that's keeping you loyal and committed to that church work that can also make you feel like when you step out of that church work that your life no longer has purpose. And I think that it's very important that we acknowledge that mechanism and acknowledge how it is making people feel. I also think that it's very important that we strive to change that mechanism and get people to realize that God can use you and you are still serving God whether you are inside a church context or you are outside of a church context. Thank you so much for listening to the day's podcast. If you got something out of this podcast, give it a review on Apple or Spotify. And if you really got something out of this podcast, go to xchurchcreatives.com. That's E-X churchcreatives.com and join the X Church Creatives Club. It's still new, it's still fresh, and we're still trying to get our bearings, but I've already seen such a huge impact that it is making with several of the creatives who I've talked to and how much it means to them to know that, that they're not alone and that they're surrounded by a community. Again, thank you all so much for listening. Until next time, be good creatives.